Welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to talk to interesting people from different backgrounds, uh, get to learn about other cultures in a casual way. Uh, my name is Nosayari and welcome to another episode. Today I have another special guest on the episode. Welcome, Scott. Hello. How are you doing? I'm outstanding. I'm really happy you called me interesting. That's... <laughs> well, I think, I think you're an interesting person. I like to do a little bit of research um, on my guests before I come on the podcast. And I will get into some of this stuff later. But you're a comedian. You, exactly. you manage a restaurant. You're in the military. Yeah. All this good stuff. And it'll be interesting diving into some of those stories. I think yeah. you have... I mean, going from the battlefield to another battlefield, which is the stage. Like, yeah. Two different places, so we'll get to find out that dynamic. But well, how are you doing? I'm outstanding, man. I can't complain. We'll try. Yeah, let me confess, I was a little nervous coming up because I was like, oh, I'm going to interview a comedian. I don't know. Why? Why would you be nervous? I know comedians are always like quick on the fly and like witty and stuff. I'm like, okay. Well, it's a defense mechanism, is what it is. I can't it go into normal right? conversations, so I deal with things through humor. <laughs> Like, you were so nice. When I walked in, you were so nice. You were like, I hope you didn't have a hard time getting here. And I was like, I didn't do anything. I can't have a real conversation without making it into a joke. I mean, I was just making small talk. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, Scott Hall. Yes, sir. I always like to ask my guests where they're from, just to, you know, get a sense of their background and everything. Or where are your parents from? Um, So, to add to the intrigue, I guess. Uh, and one of the reasons I think I have a lot of material for comedy and the reason that I feel like I have a voice, I do a podcast, I do stand up. I feel like I, I can speak to a lot of things that other people don't. So I'm adopted. I'm originally from upstate New York. I actually got adopted by, I have a twin brother. I got adopted by separate families. Wow. Yeah. Um, so my name is not originally Scott Hall. Uh, I couldn't tell you what it was to begin with. Um, but yeah, I got adopted there. Uh, Wait, are you still in touch with your twin brother now? Yeah, we've actually only seen each other in person like maybe four times. Wow. I mean, we connect on like Facebook and this and that. And uh, Facebook? Is it in the US? Facebook? No, I mean, is your twin brother? <laughs> they have Facebook in the US. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he's in New York. Um, it was just a thing where, so long story short, he had that, my parents were in and out of jail, like my real parents, I guess. Um, I've, been, I've been very open with all this stuff. I think it's important too. Um, but my parents are in and out of jail, so I don't really remember my real dad, my real mom. Um, but I got adopted by some of our closer family members, and then he got adopted by a family that's has nothing to do with us biologically. Mm. Uh, but it's like one of those things where you pay for adopted, you know what I mean? So they took it for money reasons, I guess. So we got split immediately. Uh, he had to stay in the hospital longer too because he had heart conditions, so that kind of facilitated us being split up. Uh, we got introduced when I was like nine years old. Wow. We used to go to like, like you know, like, you're, like when you're little, you're, you're, you have like family friends, like your parents know another couple. Yeah. And grew up. Like, so we would do that. We'd go on vacations together. And I was like, oh, there's another kid my age. We'd hang out. And we went to Cape Cod one time, which is like up by New York. And then another time we went in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And uh, my mom told me like after that, she was like, he's your brother. Just like that? Yeah. Well, well my mom was like, my adopted mom, we, did, we used to not get along. She was very blunt. Gotcha. Um, but she told me that I called him like 10 or 11 on the phone. And I remember calling him and telling him, like, they said we're brothers. And, uh, yeah. So since then, it's not really been an effort to, I don't know, see each other. I guess it's, it's I don't know. I think, I think because of the way that we were disconnected initially, it kind of bled into our personal lives as far as, like, maybe not valuing family as much. 
we're both very individual. Mm-hmm. So it never was like a, hey, let's make time to like hang out. He always had his life and I always had my life. It's not that we don't love each other. It's not that we don't get along. Like if I like he loves the comedy thing and I always thought he was gonna be the comedian. I think he's way funnier than I am. He used really? to be like yeah, you remember Vine? Yeah, I remember Vine. He was big on Vine. He was like a big dude, and then he got he ended up getting an office job kind of falling away from that. Um we slip back into it immediately. Like if I say he'll I'll put up something funny, he'll comment on it and we go right back and talk. And so it's very like comfortable. It's just uh, it sounds odd, I think, from the outside perspective. I just see him as like, that's my brother. We just didn't grow up. Like, it's very normal for me. Gotcha. Yeah. But no, we haven't literally four, four times in person, I think. And do, you, do you have other siblings from your step parents? Yeah. They, I, I have a younger brother. So I have a younger brother that's four years younger than me. And then I have a sister who's four years younger than him. Gotcha. And, and him too? By your brother? Your real brother? No, he's the only child. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so even as an only child, they didn't yearn to like, oh, um, and I know you said it's normal for you just to, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm just thinking just connect more often or something, especially since you guys aren't too far away from each other geographically. Yeah. And that's something that my like biological parents say all the time, or my step-parents say all the time, like, you should make an effort to see him, like, you guys should be closer. And I think that just because, so his upbringing, he got adopted, right? He didn't get along with the mother that adopted him, his stepmother, and I had the same issue. I love my parents now. We get we get we get along amazing now. But our my childhood was great. I got over some stuff. We forgave each other. Now we're great. Um, but he kind of had the same thing. So I think the family aspect of things it just never was. It's never been on the priority list. And something the older I get, the more I value. The more I realize you only have family. This is what you have. Like you know what I mean. It is, it is something a lot of people don't have in their life. So the older I get, I try to value it a little bit more. But we I don't we never really put any effort into. Making time. I hate to say that. That's just true. But we're, we're both very aware of like when we do talk. It's open. There's open, every single time it ends like, "Hey man, we should like hang out sometime or meet sometime." But it's just never materialized like that. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, maybe something tells me it will pretty soon. I mean, I hope so. Man. So young. So I love. Yeah, I love my brother. Yeah, 28 very young. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So how I met Scott exactly? I met Scott on Instagram. And um, I, I don't remember what video it was, but it was a funny video. And Scott is a comedian by profession. He's been practicing comedy for a little under a year. Yes, sir. And it was ridiculously funny. I was like, where exactly is this dude? And I found out, you know, he was in the DMV area. And I was like, oh, you know, I'd like to have him on my podcast and get to know. But how exactly did you get into comedy? What made you think? Because uh, you just started comedy less than a year ago. What were you doing before that? And why did you choose comedy? Um... So comedy was for me, I don't know, growing up in Nigeria, you guys had like Comedy Central. You guys both, had both, Facebook, both Nigeria? Both like Comedy Central, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, comedy Central wasn't broadcast, but we did get Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah from yeah. the 80s, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just found out who Bernie Mac was, right? Uh, no, come on. No, we've had, we've had Bernie Mac. So what it, what it used to be is, um, I think with VHS, a couple of people would travel abroad, like... A copy the stuff, yeah, 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 and go back and all these um, what's it called, Viacom and all those guys. They used to like fight bootleggers here in the U.S., but wow. they they really care about bootleggers internationally. So we had like all these fake DVDs and VHSs of like popular shows and stuff. And I could have sworn like you know that Fifty Cent album, Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah, it did a million in a week here. Mm-hmm. It did about another one point five million in a week back home. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Interscope probably lost some money on yeah. that one. But yeah. Oh yeah, they lose money doing that. Well, it's all about money, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, I brought that up when I was a kid. 
Uh, like I was saying before, my, my comedy was the way I dealt with things. It was, I, I developed a defense mechanism. I was a little fat kid. And um, I identified. So Comedy Central was kind of the first place you could ever even see comedians. Especially when we were younger, there was no YouTube. There was no, like, it just didn't exist. Yeah. Everyone had to have a special Comedy Central. Yeah. yeah. So I would sit at home in Comedy Central, like the network I would watch. And I would watch stand-up specials just constantly from the time I was, like, 10 to 12, 14. It was a thing that... Uh, You know, like, some people, like, sing in the shower, like, when they're alone in their room, when they're a kid, they pretend to, like, act or be a teacher or, like, yeah. be an astronaut or a fireman. Like, I used to, like, tell jokes to myself in the shower when I was a kid. To yourself? Just pretending to be on stage. Like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, the gotcha. bathroom alone in the mirror. Gotcha. gotcha. And um, it's, I just developed. I, I used to invite my, like, my friends over from middle school and high school and be like, hey, come watch stand-up. And they're like, what's stand-up? Nobody cares. This comedy wasn't, like, <laughs> it wasn't as big as it is now. Back then, yeah. Yeah. And so I uh, never really pursued it. It was just a, such a huge passion of mine. I know a lot of comedians that people don't know their names. And uh, ended up going down the road after the Army thing, got into the restaurant business, was very good at that. I really enjoy serving because I like being in front of people. And it's a very rewarding feeling to give someone, like, a good time. Not even, like, serve a good meal, just make them happy because it's, like, people go out to eat. And I'm going off the rails, but, like, people go to eat. And uh, they're not there because they're hungry. They're there because they're celebrating. They're there to see their family. It's a graduation. It's this and that. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot out of that. Um, the restaurant thing for a while, and I got promoted, I think, because of that attitude. Got my first GM job um, at 24, and then I got promoted every year since. Um, so I ended up being like close to a regional manager almost uh, two years ago. I had to like the job offer of like you know the six figures. Like I'm cool. I run in the club. I know the girls. I can you know I don't have to wait in line. This and that. Uh, but I hated it. I didn't like that. I got away from serving. I was managing now. I wasn't at the tables. I wasn't dealing with strangers. Like I wasn't getting enough out of it, so I quit. And I talked to my my uh, stepdad, and my stepdad uh, was in a band growing up, and he quit the band so that he could uh, have a more stable income as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And now he does; he's a great job now. But uh, he quit doing that, and I, I wanted to tell him I was like, I wanted to do stand up, and he was just like, "You're only young once." Wow. He was just like, "You're only young once," like, and for him to be supportive of me turning down, like. After the past I had, dude, I've been to jail, I've been homeless, like, I had, I didn't have a great uh, upbringing. I made a lot of bad decisions before I started managing restaurants. Gotcha. And for him to have, be like, you know what, even though that you've had this and you have a secure future in front of you, for him to be honest and be like, you're only young once, you're not going to be able to do this again. That was it, man. And I uh, literally Googled open mics. And there happened to be a guy running like a mic, like a room, like a one night a week. You can get up, whatever. And I went to high school with him. We weren't friends, but I just messaged him, hey, I want to start comedy. And the way I got into comedy was like, I know how to do design work. I know how to market. I know how to do AV stuff just from like setting up presentations for like business people, whatever. So I was like, so I can provide value like that, even if I'm not funny. Okay. And you can give me stage time. So I became your manager of stage time? Yeah, so it's like you like people just aren't going to give you. They're not going to let you on stage for no reason. So I was like, hey, I'll do your design work, um, and you give me stage time. And then we we started running a room together, and yeah, I mean that's that was really it. So it's definitely been a labor of love. But I had the opportunity to start getting on stage three, four nights a week as soon as I started. And most people don't have that. Yeah, it's amazing because when going through your Instagram feed, I thought you've been doing comedy for like four or five years. Thank you. So to hear that you've been doing it for just less than a year is amazing. Yeah. And I have to touch on what your father did because 
coming up in an African household, uh, 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 an African household, that's unheard of, right? For your parents to tell you to live something secure, it's usually the opposite. You say so stability you, is important. Look, like most people have to rebel, and you've had situations. So, like even the biggest musical artist right now in Nigeria, like that's literally like run away from home, and his dad was like using police to track him down to try wow. to get him to stop doing music and. Wow. Up until he had like his first big single, that's when his dad said, okay, and put his father's name in the song, <laughs> no Davido, yeah. and you know, everything. But you know, to have your dad being honest with you. And it reminded me of a story I also heard. I was listening to a podcast and um a guy was getting divorced from his wife. And his wife went to his parents to complain, like, hey, you know, um, things are not working out, but he's asking for a divorce, whatever. And his parents literally said, like, we don't interfere in the lives of our grown up children. I'm like that's his and that struck me like it's just that's a so shit. For you to hear. It's surprising for me yeah. to hear coming from where I am because your parents are all up in your business. Yeah. <laughs> they, they want to choose your career, they want to choose your wife, they want to choose your home, they want to choose the number of kids you have, all that good stuff. Yeah. So it's just uh refreshing, well, I guess. Yeah, and I think the generation that we grew up, and that's one of the reasons that I really uh, when I was listening to a couple podcasts that kind of prep for this to see like what you're all about. I really wanted to come in here and be like, yo, I want to ask you questions about Nigeria <laughs> here. I don't want to talk. I want to know about that because I find that super interesting. Um, yeah, but I do think I was very lucky to, uh, if my dad wasn't in a band, I don't think he would assume like the creative stuff. The first time I did a podcast, I was actually at my parents' house. I had quit my job. I had moved out of my, like, I had an apartment that was like $2,000 a month. Nice, wow. gorgeous sauna in the building, everything, because I was making money. Moved out of there and um, went home for like two months. Was trying to like figure stuff out. And the first podcast I did, I did on my iPhone in my like bedroom from high school. And I had my dad listen to it, and he was like, "Well, you have the right voice for it." (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, wasn't good. You sound like I can listen to you. And I was like, "All right, fine." Um, So having a dad that I think was in the uh, the arts, I think was was good too. I don't think he would have, I don't think most people would understand that anyone, any kind of creative pursuits. If you don't have that, you don't, because I think it's a drive, right? Like you want yeah. to start the podcast, it's just something you feel like you need to do. Yeah. I'm sure you're just yeah. like, I, like whether or not this turns into anything, Yeah, it's, 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 it's about doing it. It's about exactly. having this conversation. Exactly. Especially now, like uh, there's so much technology to enable you to do things from yeah, you your own little small corner in your bedroom somewhere. Yeah use the internet to like make it reach the world like you said you know you literally like googled open mic that's it it's like the same way Post Malone got to find out his rap name or whatever he googled rap <laughs> names and came up with Post Malone <laughs> I didn't know that yeah that's funny so just now you have all these avenues uh, yeah. and you really don't need like the establishment like Comedy Central no offense to you no no, no interscope right <laughs> no interscope no VHS no, no Comedy Central no ESPN all that yeah. stuff Sorry, but you said something about the army, um, lazy. How how long were you in the army? Uh, I joined the army right after high school because I graduated high school with a two point eight GPA, and my dad was like, "You, you got to do something with yourself." Okay, so a two point eight GPA just for like a C, like a barely like yeah, I can see. Like in some countries, they use like a five point scale. Okay. So, so I think the U.S. uses a four four point. Four, yeah, four point. Okay, so, so, so like a C ish kind of. Yeah, thing. barely like not good. Yeah, definitely not good. So you got recruited or you went there yourself? 
trying to think of how I joined. Yeah, I think I got recruited. There was a recruiting office, and like at the time, uh, as the Obama administration, we had just gotten to the uh, Iraq war and all that stuff, and so like they were definitely recruiting hard. They were signing bonuses, so I got a twenty thousand dollar bonus just for signing. Wow. Yeah, uh, and you get that after basic training, and they give you an installment of like five grand at a time. I'm off the wall. I'm a, not a. I'm not a regimented person. That's just not. I'm not that kind of. It's very hard for me to like do things, like schedule it, be on time, do this and that. Did you get into any trouble? Uh, not, not necessarily <laughs> trouble. I was not. I, I wouldn't say trouble, but uh, I'm sarcastic and this and that. I wouldn't say trouble. It just didn't fit my lifestyle. So uh, when you sign a minimum contract, no matter what year, like what amount of the years you sign for it, it's always eight years. So you do four years active duty, and then they have you like four years, and then uh, so I did four years. I signed a four-year contract, which means that uh, I was active for four years, going to base, doing drills, doing X, Y, and Z. And then when I got out of the army, you still have four years in case there's like a draft or something. Draft. Yeah, so I literally did the bare minimum. Okay, so let me get this straight. When you sign for the U.S. Army, you sign for eight years. Four years of that is active? I signed for four, and then you, so you sign a contract for four years active and four years inactive. Inactive. So okay. if there happens to be a draft for some crazy reason, it's like those people will get picked before anybody who doesn't have a contract. Okay, but if there's not, then you exactly. just live your life. Yeah, so I had four years where it's like, well, if we got a war with North Korea or something like that, maybe, but... Gotcha. gotcha. And I got out pretty much as soon as I was just like, this is not for me. I'm not this guy. During your four years, where were you stationed? I did Belvoir, uh, which is obviously right around here. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Mosby, Set, uh, Mosby Center, I did logistics over there. Uh, then Fort Sill in Oklahoma. Um, and then also Leonardwood, but I never went out of the States. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. You didn't get to do any foreign. No, unfortunately not. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And it's good. Now that you're in, that means all your life has pretty much centered around the East Coast, like army, yeah, comedy, pretty much. restaurant, all yeah, that exactly. stuff. And when you were growing up watching shows on Comedy Central, who were some of the comedians uh, you thought were funny? Oh man, um, Dave Attell, I really mm-hmm. love him. I just love his joke writing. I think it's a little uh, irreverent. It might be a little aggressive sometimes, but his joke writing is just amazing. The way he got from point A to point B. Gotcha. Always impressed me. Mitch Hedberg, who's another person who's like a writer, one-liners. Mitch Hedberg is a sar- sarcastic guy, right? Mitch Hedberg passed away from like a heroin overdose, but he had like long hair. Yeah, I know. And, like, yeah, glasses. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Glasses. I remember him. I remember like him. one of his jokes is, uh, I spilled spot remover on my dog and now it's gone. And it's like, <laughs> it's just, they're so silly. Like, uh, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. Just like wordplay, just understanding how like, and he, I mean, he was just amazing. Um, but really what made me want to start doing comedy was people like maybe Burr or Louis C.K. Mm. Um, who were saying something. They were like, you could tell that they had an opinion, uh, and they were doing it for a reason. And like, they couldn't handle normal conversations like we were talking about. Like, the, yeah. the weather's nice. Like, they have no interest in talking about that. They want to be like, all right. Like, Louis C.K. had a great bit that I really love about how he's like, when I get in the elevator with my neighbor, he goes, they bring up the weather. And he goes, well, what if I just said my dad died yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> like a stranger and it's like well that would be a real moment and while it's funny to hear like I, that's why I like comedy so yeah I really I, I really admire comedians that have an opinion gotcha gotcha and Bill Burr obviously has an opinion strong <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so, sometimes I just go down the Bill Burr wormhole yeah, on YouTube it's like oh my god this dude is so <laughs> have you seen him on like morning shows yeah, like he really antagonizes like the presenters and yeah. like he goes at them and just like what? I like this guy. What I admire about him and what I've tried to 
I'll be in my own life too is uh, I'm not going to be different because you expect me to be like he's himself. True. He always seems like he's himself. True. And while that might rub people the wrong way, I'm sure his life is better because he doesn't. He, he's authentic and he knows who he is. Yeah, I mean, if you're authentic, uh, regardless of how crude you may seem, yeah. like, you get you get to know that okay, this is what this person is about. Yeah, and you respect them for being that. Exactly. You know, but nowadays, like just like we're talking about, like before the podcast, right? A lot of uh, social media people just want likes. Uh, yeah. PC is the thing now. Everything has to just be, I don't know, glossed over yeah it's a veil it's a veil it's a veil so like when you say something um i don't know like i have friends that like i have my best friend one of my best friends in the world i've known him for 20 years he's a dj and so he's like mr cool guy he's always like with the girls or whatever but like he says silly things that are like over top of it yeah like when i'm trying to think of one like he was telling me about instagram one time and he was talking about how some he thought some girl because this is the things that are his priority list his values He's like, I know this girl was looking at my Instagram uh, because she came up on my feed first, so I know she was looking at mine, or else it wouldn't be showing up on mine. So I know she. And I go, you keep saying the word no, you don't know anything. You're just assuming this. Exactly. And so that like stopped. Like now we're not even talking about the thing he was talking about. He's just like, oh, like, well, and so I'm not worried about what you're actually saying. I just want to pull the veil back a little bit, and it's like now we can have a real conversation. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mitch, uh, Mitch Herberg, mm-hmm. you talked about comedy writing. Yeah. That's also something that surprised me when I came to the U.S. Like, oh, like comedians actually write jokes. Like, where I'm from is like off the top, like on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. So when I came and I got to, I listened to an interview with Neil Brennan. Yeah, and, amazing writer. Yeah. It was like he wrote jokes for Chappelle. I was like, yeah. wait, Chappelle didn't write his own jokes? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Right. So a lot of the art, I think, of comedy is, and I think joke writing in general, um, is coming up with a premise and then knowing where you're going to start, knowing where the joke actually is. And the middle part, you kind of, I tend to figure that out on stage. And the way I'll write a joke is uh, I cut out all the fat so I don't have any in between where I'm like, da 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 but I do that on stage, I might stretch it. So like it might be one line and then I might add stuff while I'm on stage. Um, but anyway, the you know, great comedians make it look like they've never said that before. Gotcha. I that's think that's what it is. Yeah, that's the practice. That's why you have to get on stage four or five times a week, five, six times a week, seven times a week, ten times a week if you can. Like sometimes we go out and we'll do a mic at uh, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'll get up at seven o'clock. I'll do five minutes at one place. I'll drive 30 minutes and go up another five minutes to somewhere else. And then you wait an hour before each time you even get up. Wow. And you do the same jokes. And you do them so that you know where the pause is, like uh, where you need to pause to make it look like you're thinking, where, where maybe you can add the word like and. God, maybe you can say this word a little bit louder and it's going to emphasize this. And you do that enough to where it just rolls off the tongue. Then you're just comfortable and it looks like you're saying it for the first time, but you've said it thousands of times. Well, what happens in these days of social media, like someone happens to record, I guess that's why comedians don't like people recording their shows, right? Yeah. If someone had, like after I have done all that work and, you know, gone on this bar hop to try to perfect the joke and someone records it and put it on the internet, suddenly you can't say that joke anymore. Yeah, uh, I think, so at like my level in the game, I happen to be, I think that I do all right for the amount of time that I'm doing comedy. I think that I, I because I love that I, I understand timing, I think I do well. Um, but at our level in the game, it's not a, like when you first start out, 
you'll see people being like, don't record my set. And I'm like, you're doing a mic in a bar. Like, you're not on Netflix. You're not on YouTube. Like, be quiet. Like, yeah, your set is violent. Yeah, yeah, you're pretentious. Like, just be quiet. Gotcha. But once you get to a Netflix special, so this is pretty much how it works, right? The Netflix special is one hour. And you've seen people like Louis C.K. and they do a new hour every year. Yeah. So they spend that entire year when you see them touring. Yeah. So they wow. they work out their hour and cut out all that fat and they're writing wow. jokes. And then they take all that material that they just wrote and you practice it for like an entire year and then you record it and you throw away all those jokes and you start from from new on top. But it takes a year, four or five shows a week to get to the point where you have an hour that's wow, tight. Just an hour? Yeah. So you mean um, on the water the Netflix specials on Ali Long? Everybody, and, uh, all of them. Same thing? And huh. yeah, all of them. And and the reason that Louis C.K. is regarded so high, regardless of all the, the Me Too personal stuff that he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the reason he's regarded as a great comedian is because he did it yearly, which is unheard of. I mean, the, for someone to have a new hour every year is crazy. An hour doesn't seem like a lot, especially for someone who seems like they're so comfortable and they're just saying things. Yeah. Um, but for him to have a new hour materially uh, every year is just, it's, uh, it's, I mean, he, that's why he got put up. Everyone was just like, nobody, nobody's ever done that before. Yeah. And he throws away all his material every year. Is that the new Comedy Central now, Netflix? Yeah. Well, some people might argue that it's moving away from Netflix somehow. Like just to YouTube, maybe. Uh, maybe. I guess. So the way I saw the comedy game was I thought, I was, I'm like one of those people who like, you know, when you hear a rapper and then they get famous, like a year after you heard them and you're like, I saw him first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to tell your friends, I knew them before you knew them. Yeah. That's how I felt about comedy. I was like, I was watching comedy when I was 11, Dick. Like, gotcha. I, I knew Bill Burr before he was bald. Like, you know. What I mean, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, I knew Jim Gaffigan. He was on he was on Comedy Central before when he was skinny and he had like glasses and he was bald. Uh, so I think what happened was Comedy Central started getting popular and then with streaming Netflix, um, they started putting Comedy Central's uh, comedy specials on Netflix, and then it was just like just like now it's all murder shows. There was just like a thousand comedy specials out of nowhere. On yeah, Netflix, which is comedy, 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 comedy. And now it's like almost oversaturated. Yeah. Where it's like you can see a thousand comedians, half of them aren't good, half of them you know, but there's only really like four people who like release specials and you're like, oh, I need to watch that. Yeah, Chappelle. Yeah, Chappelle. Uh, people love Bird, people love CK, they're going to want to see what he wants to do. Maybe Mark Maron, who's like a comedy fan, like there's obviously different people. Um, yeah, the other special wasn't too good. I just, for me. Watch it. I just wouldn't watch Ellen. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a, such a long time that she was on stage. I was like, oh, this might yeah. be interesting, you know. But well, I think a lot of relatable material too. Like a lot of the a lot of the things that makes people laugh, especially the general public, is comes from like genuine interactions. Yeah. And when you're Ellen, how often are you having a real conversation with somebody? You, you know the funny thing? That's they're treating you like Ellen. Like you're not you're not having like you know the funny thing? That's the name of her special. That was the premise of her Relatability or something. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah she was like, yeah. that was exactly, she was like, you know, I was trying to come up with a material that was relatable, then I called my butler. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So she addressed it. So that's yeah, great. Exactly. At least she's aware. It's just funny that you haven't watched it, but you're in the same thought yeah. process. So, yeah. Have you ever come across any foreign comedians that you like outside the U.S.? Um, I'm not, I like Michael Blackson. Mm. I'm a big fan of him. He's Ghanaian originally. I, I just think he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He's very authentic. So he's him, Morasaka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's ridiculous. Uh, I like him. 
but no, no, not really. I think it's just because I haven't been. You don't really get exposed to foreign comedians. I think a lot of the, actually, I do have a couple like Eddie Izzard, a lot of UK, Jimmy Carr. I don't know those people. Yeah. UK, right? <laughs> yeah, they're UK, London. Eddie Izzard's actually like a, he dresses as females, cross dress or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but he's a phenomenal comedian. Not that it has anything to do with it, but that might be how you know. Jimmy Carr is also a UK guy. He's specializing kind of like roasting. Like people heckle him. He's like people know like Jeff Jeff Ross. I love Jeff Ross. Yeah, the, I was just watching the historical roast. That was, How'd you like that? That was crazy. That was crazy. The, um, what's her name? Um, Anne Frank. No, not Anne Frank. Um, was it Muhammad Ali? Muhammad? Yeah. And uh, that was uh, the guy who played Steve Urkel. Yeah, yeah Julie White. White. Yeah, yeah Nelson, Nelson Mandela as well. Exactly. Rushed as Nelson Mandela. That was funny. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I haven't finished watching it, but I will. That was yeah. funny. I'm a big fan of Jeff Ross, and I'm a big fan of roasting too. I like that. I just think it's uh, it's like we said earlier, like pulling back the veil. Like nothing makes me laugh harder than someone teases me. It hurts a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you did that in the army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that definitely will top me off a little bit for sure. Yeah, I mean, we have a version of that in Nigeria, but we call it yabin. What's that? Oh, like roasting? Yeah, like it's cheese. roasting, but it's called yabin. So you know, like your mama jokes. Your your mama's yeah, so yeah. fat that blah blah blah. Um, so we have a, so we have something called Pigeon English in Nigeria. Okay. It's a language. It's English, but it's like modified English. So instead of saying my name is Nosa, I'll say my name Nanosa. So it's kind of like mixing English a bit. So that's what we yeah. used to yeah. That's what we used to roast. Yeah. So instead of saying your mama roast me. Exactly. No, I'm telling you, bro. I should roast you. Let's go, man. Tell me, give me my mom joke. I'm like this guy. Your your clothes. Your clothes. Your clothes are so smelly that you wash it in the river, which is a thing that happens. <laughs> and all the fishes got a visa to go to another river. <laughs> something yeah. like that. But we say in fishing in this like, guy, your clothes smell, so we, you wash your clothes for a river. You can't, all the fish for them can't come out to another river. So it's yeah. kind of like we use like a different language. Is that like something you do like in a schoolyard with your friends? Bruh. Yeah. Like, it was like the whole like primary school, like high school, middle school, that kind of stuff. That's what happened. And exactly. God help you that you had a little weight when you absolutely. Like even teachers, like my dad was in the military, right? Uh -huh. So I grew up in the barracks and I went to a school in okay. the barracks. So and some of the teachers were also like officers. We had some civilian teachers also. And they too roasted or yak people. So if you go to report to your teacher, you're like, yeah, of course, you should lose some weight. That's just what they're telling you. You said you eat too much, you know? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So it was just I think that there's a lot of uh love in somebody there is There's, there can be it can definitely be malicious but those people generally are funny there is and that's what i try to tell like when i came to the us i started dating like non-nigerian girls i tried okay. to tell them like why are you so mean like really now you're teasing you I'm like, exactly yeah. i i like you so <laughs> yeah well i think the, the ability to like bro someone well means that you know them yeah you're clearly paying attention to them you're you're keying in on on certain things about them um, that other people wouldn't notice, which means that you're giving them attention. You know, exactly. I think that like to love, to roast someone like good, you have to love them. You really exactly. have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think you should check out, I checked out a few uh, foreign comedians. So I had someone on this podcast from Saudi Arabia a couple of episodes ago, uh, ago and she introduced me to uh, Hatun Kadi. 
Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll write it down. Yeah, and I can text you also yeah, after the show. Uh, she's a female comedian in Saudi Arabia, which is like a thing, right? She yeah. was like the first one, like most of the professions are male dominated, including And she was a female like, comedian, and she's really funny. Like she has this, because I think up until recently, women in Saudi Arabia weren't allowed to drive. I think the yeah, first, absolutely. first set of women just got their licenses like two years ago. Yeah. yeah, so uh, she, she had this thing, this kit where the driver is the most important person in a woman's life in Saudi Arabia, more important than the husband. Because yeah. you have to make sure that the driver is good, his yeah. needs are taken care of. Because if dude is not happy, like, you're not going anywhere. It's funny. It's sad. But that's how she saw it. That's exactly. exactly. Like you said, you know, comedy from pain, like the tribulations they go through as women in Saudi Arabia, she just turned some of that material to comedy yeah. and passing that message across to other people. Yeah, and I think what, what makes me really love comedy and the reason that I think, uh, I'm not genuinely an outgoing person, I'm an introvert. I have a hard time. I always feel really? like super introverted. Why well, I, I find it hard to believe that? I really love honest conversations. Okay. But like, let's say we were around like, like, look how I'm dressed. Like, if we were around, I'm just, I was intimidated coming into like a library. I was like, I don't belong here. Come on. <laughs> kicked out as soon as I walked in. Like, I, it took me three minutes to ask the guy at the front desk I was just going to bother him. Like, I don't, like, whatever. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah, what, what's your ritual before you go on stage? I, you know what I really, you know what I like to do on stage is, um, I don't really have a ritual. I usually just, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to throw up. And then I, <laughs> and then I go up. Uh, what I really like to do, because I think it helps preparation, is I, I tend to pace around the room. Gotcha. I just walk around the room, and since I like to tease people, I'll take notes. The green room or the room? The room itself. Gotcha. So I'll walk around so that I can see the audience members. I can see, like when I do Tyson's, or like, let's say, this is a joke I've had before that I've used, I used a bunch, but the first time I wrote it, I saw a guy writing. He's an old white guy. He was sitting right in the front, and he was kind of talking. And so I was like, I'm going to have to say something, because he keeps talking through everybody. Gotcha. And so I was like, you, uh, I was like, you look like a, like you look like you're from a buying or commercial. And I started like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think I saw you like throwing a football through a tire swing outside, <laughs> holding hands with your wife in like a bathtub, like that and that. Oh my goodness. But I like to walk around and make notes about the room so that I understand the people that are in the room, how the vibe is, and this and that. And then we get on stage. Maybe if my jokes aren't working, I have all this stuff loaded that everyone can relate to. Gotcha. And if you start off by making everybody relatable, so I usually go up, I'll do a joke about like the room, just so every because everyone's gonna understand that joke. Yeah, right? we're all in the same place. It also brings everybody. Okay, now we're all on the same page. And especially if you say something kind of mean, people tend to like if they're not paying attention, they're like, oh, like because so then they pay attention. Then I'll do something like uh, like I said about literally this outfit. Like I'm dressed like a single father, and also this son is a single father, which just means I look disheveled. But I bring myself down a peg. So that now that when I tease people, we're all on the same level. Now we can all have fun. Now we're all like, now we're all thinking the same, and now we're all on the same page. But I, I really like that communal thing. So I really just try to be aware before I go on stage, try to be present, try to be in the moment, because I think that's where real comedy is. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily like I do ten push-ups and like fold an origami butterfly. I know people that do certain things. I just you know, everyone's different. Gotcha. And I ask that question because of you know you're about explaining. Um, your you being an introvert, right? Yeah. And I've heard other comedians being introverts, introverts, and you know, most of some of them said that they just like to be alone, like no one disturbing them, like ten minutes before they go on. Yeah. I just want to zone in and not be involved in any distraction. Then they go on stage. Um, but yeah, yeah you're talking about your introvertedness, so that's kind of like. But 
you hear things like that, right? That comedians practically, typically use comedy as an outlet. Right? Yes, that, that's yeah, that's what I was trying to get into before. Is that so? The way I see comedy is that we all have these anxieties, we all have these fears. Um, like I said, like the joke about the way I look, right? That means that I'm self-conscious the way I look. When I go up on stage and I say that I'm self-conscious about the way I look, and then everybody laughs, oh, you guys are self-conscious too. That's why you laughed. You're not willing to get up and say it because you're too busy being cool on Facebook because you're not willing to be vulnerable. But when you get up there and, and you're like, I look a certain way and I'm uncomfortable with the way I look, and people laugh, it lets them understand that it's okay to be uncomfortable too. And so it's really just, a, it's therapy, man. It really, really is. You you have the opportunity. You make these jokes about yourself. Like you said, the Saudi Arabia joke. I'm sure that's something that, that weighs on her. I'm sure it's something uncomfortable, right? Sure. But when she gets a laugh, she knows she's not the only one that feels like that. And also the audience knows that they're not the only ones that feel like that. That's why, I think that's why comedy is popular. I, that's why I love comedy. Like, it's not a hobby. It's, it's just like, I love it. I'll do it the rest of my life because it's therapy. And I just think it, it's good for the world. And it's communal. Um, but I think that's why a lot of comedians are introverts, because it is a form of therapy for us. Gotcha. Like, I can't tell my parents I'm upset, but I can go and tell a bunch of strangers. That's not, that's, there's something wrong. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's why it's the, the separate, like, that's why you find a lot of comedians are introverts, because they're using it, they're using this therapy in some form. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, there's a comedian you remind me of, and we were talking about this before the podcast, Andrew Schultz. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's almost, <laughs> I, you're almost the same age. I mean, I think it's like four four years old. That makes me feel horrible. <laughs> no, it's like, wait, no. It's like, so funny, he's killing it. Like he's like, what, 33? 32, yeah, 33, something like that. I mean, he literally was like managing a restaurant before, and he had all these experiences uh, also uh, growing up, and um he doesn't have a twin brother, but I think he has a brother um, who he talks about um, sometimes also. But yeah, he's just one person that I've been following for the last year or so, and it's pretty funny. Like, it's, yeah, he's someone that I just I became aware of because of. Uh, so one of the one of the reasons, and you said that Instagram makes me look like I do whatever. I, I have a producing program. I tell myself how to do design work next Wednesday because I understand that like uh, marketing is half the game. You know what yeah, I mean? true. And so I became aware of him because he was on the Rogan podcast and they were talking about how he got big through YouTube. Yeah. And so I literally listened. I love Joe Rogan, but I literally listened to maybe like 10 minutes of his podcast. And I was like, oh, and I did the thing where I'm like, okay, we'll turn off the podcast, go watch the stand. Go watch the stand. Yeah. And it was just like, bang, 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 his YouTube videos. He's just hilarious. And so I, I, I really didn't know anything about his backstory or anything like that. But he's someone I definitely admire because I, I think he, he's uh, very comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. And he's, he says the things that he wants to say. So I, I admire him too. And I think he's very... Yeah, at this point, I'll borrow a page from your book and say I knew Andrew Schultz before during the podcast. <laughs> did you? I did. That's crazy. So yeah, he has his own like uh, he has like a bunch of podcasts, also like two or three podcasts. Yeah, Flagrant Two. Flagrant Two, the sports podcast, Brilliant Idiots, uh, with a stand-up special and all this other stuff. Do you have a favorite joke of his? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of controversial, but it's the transgender joke. The tranny one. Yeah. But it's great. It's because he's yeah, he's taking something that's supposed to be, and he's just like, no, it's a, it's just, it's a abbreviation. Yeah. Like, so he takes away like the the, the uncomfortableness. He goes, no, it's just about words. Exactly. Yeah. And then he relates it to Grammy. Yeah. I guess um, you know, in that community, it's just the way it's used, right? And con- condescendingly, and there's just a stigma attached to it. But it was 
just trying to get people back to the fact. Yeah, well, it also makes, it's like I said before, it makes people comfortable bringing up that topic. It's like, oh, we're all okay now. Like you, can, you can tease about it and have it not be rude. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. That's why I like that joke, too, because it's like, how, how many people are even going to touch that premise? Most people aren't going to talk about it at all. Exactly. Even if they have that thought, they're not going to bring it up. Exactly. Exactly. And now, now that I remember, before I forget, one thing I like about your content, like you have this thing you do on Instagram where you open the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, green screen. <laughs> green screen. Do you use an actual green screen? Yeah, all of Oh, yeah. So that's I, why you were able to edit. Okay. okay. Yeah. So all my video editing. Uh, this is the thing. Before I I got comfortable on stage, I literally I started with a podcast. So I was too much of a baby to go on stage. I was just like, I'm not gonna try my dream and then fail. Like that's how you feel the first time you go up as a comedian. You go up and it doesn't go well, and you're like, oh, this is what I thought I wanted to do my entire life. And I mean, like, some, sometimes you just sure. have to fail. You just have to push through. Yeah, but you don't know that the first time you do it. You know, gotcha. I'm sure the first podcast you record, you listen to it, and you're like, oh my god, Suck. Suck. I, feel, <laughs> I still haven't published it. Yeah, yeah. 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 What is this? I have a bunch of episodes I'm not published. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the avenue that I took is I started doing podcasting, and then I got into Instagram stuff. Um, so I taught myself video editing and this and that, and I literally downloaded it. I like all my editing I do on my phone. So I did, I literally downloaded an app that had like a green screen thing. What app do you use to edit? Uh, I use InShot a lot to edit. And then for green screens, I use a thing called Perfect Video. Um, but it has a Chromacast thing. So it was literally just like you click a certain color and then it just deletes it. And then you can put an image behind it. It's super easy. Um, so I taught myself all that stuff and I was like, let me just buy a green screen for Amazon for like $25 and just start playing with it. And so I was literally like in my living room, hung up by nails, just like I have one wall that's just a green screen. And if I think something's funny, I'll just like walk by, I'll make a face, record it, and then I'll play with things behind it if I have an idea. Uh, oh, is that where you did the Taylor Swift video too? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was playing. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I was just, I'm listening to that song. I'm in the shower and I was listening to that song and I heard the one lyric, look at that face. And I was like, oh, that's funny. What if I was cross-eyed? And it took me two seconds to do that. <laughs> And so having a green screen, like being able to do that, is just a fun way to get out creative stuff. Like you teach yourself. Yeah. But it's cool to just have around just to play with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, hey, man, I I support what you do. And it's really hilarious. You guys should check him out. It's called Hall Stand Up. Yes, sir. On Instagram. And you're on YouTube now. You have, what, two videos now? Two? You're (laughs) young enough? Yeah, I just started a YouTube channel. You can find all the stuff on. Go to Scott Stand Up. I love my Twitter all that crap. But yeah, we just started doing YouTube because you have to do it now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, what would you advise someone trying to get into comedy uh, right now? it almost feels like there are different aspects of comedy, like there are different niches of comedy, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but what would you advise someone to do right now? You said marketing is half the... Yeah, I think thing. some of the best advice that I've ever gotten um, that really helped me was, one, there's no rules to comedy. Like you said, there's much different avenues. That just means, like, you see these people and they do voiceovers of, like, goats hitting things. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? So you can do that. Uh, but I would just advise, go to an open mic and get on stage. And mm-hmm. it's okay. You're not going to do well the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to suck. You can use a fake name and a mask. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> It'll be your gimmick, right? You can take off the mask once you get good. Um, I would say just do it. And then, I don't know, watch, watch comedy. Watch comedy. Find a comedian that you like. The, one of the best things, the way to understand comedy is find a comedian that you like. Find a joke, 
of that comedian that you really like, write it down and then figure out why that's funny and that'll help with joke writing. And just understand, make you understand jokes, but really just get on stage and be yourself. I mean, there's, there's no, it's just like anything else. It's like, oh, is there a cheat code? Like, how do I get better quick? It's like, there is nothing, man. Be yourself, be authentic. And uh, my big thing for comedy and why I like the podcast that you're doing, because I think it's in the same vein, is the only thing that we have to offer the world is, is who we are as people. It's the only thing that I can't replicate. If you have a nice car, I can buy that nice car if I have money. If you have a nice time, you know what I mean? The only thing is my personal experiences that let me see the world that I, like the way I see it. Nobody else can see the world through my eyes. And so if you can put that out through your comedy, I mean, you'll, you'll have a product that nobody else can have. But don't be afraid to be yourself. It's what makes you unique. It's your gift. Well, that's one way to think about it. And that's actually deep, even to apply to other parts of your life. Yeah. Besides comedy, like the only thing you have to offer the world is yourself and your experience is unique yeah. to just you and anything else, you know, someone can't find elsewhere, but absolutely can't find you elsewhere. No, it's impossible. And, and, and like we were talking about before with social media, you know, people want to be liked. They're not okay with being themselves. And it's like, you know, people will like you because if you're different. Exactly. And you also have, you've talked about your podcast and I'll, in a second I'll give you, you know, the opportunity to drop your social media handles and your podcast handle and all this stuff. But just to touch on culture a little bit, have you traveled uh, anywhere outside the US? No, man. <laughs> Where do you want to go to for the first time? Uh -huh. Besides DR for now. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from DR a little bit. Are they drinking bleach out there or something? Uh, look, I don't know what it is. They say they've done a whole bunch of tests and they haven't found anything. So I don't know if... Um, they were all Americans too, right? Yeah. Just, I don't know, man. Nobody likes us. <laughs> for good reason. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you sat up and you're like, uh, nope. <laughs> no argument there. If, if I was going to travel anywhere, I, uh, I really am a, I'm a big fan of aesthetics. Um, so I would love to see Ireland. Mm. Um, I would love to see Scotland. Um, you know, a lot of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast and I had a lot of questions for you. It's just the cultural difference that you might see in like Africa or like a third world country or the, mm. the, the things that we don't have here. Um, or the things that you don't have that we have here that we take for granted. Yeah, sure, um, man. Sure. If you have questions, I'll be happy to answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think the places that I really want to travel would probably be Ireland and Scotland. And that's just because of aesthetic. I like the way Ireland looks, the big fields, the old cobblestone, this and that. I really, I really enjoy that thing. I think it'd be relaxing for me. I have a hard time relaxing. Gotcha. Um, so I think that'd be cool to go, but really anywhere. I think that, um, yeah, anywhere that's different. You know what? I, if I could really go anywhere right now, it'd be North Korea. What? Yeah. I want to see. It's like a legend, right? Yeah. Korea is like when you bring it up, you're like, what? What is going on there? They're all yeah. like, can't, they're so secretive. Like, I would love to go and just see. These people don't have Google. They don't have. I want to see how it, how it would be to live there. I'm not saying it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like a. It would it would be like a vacation type thing. But I, I want to go somewhere that like I would learn something. I mean, I watch a video. I think Vice. Yeah, I watched the Vice Kingdom. There were also like reports that there was like a lot of propaganda in the video. Like they didn't take them to the actual places that they were at. Yeah, like, that was the whole documentary that they set up everything fake. Exactly, like, yeah. fake grocery store. And it's hard to tell sometimes too, because um, sometimes also um, the U.S. has their own propaganda, so yeah, it's absolutely. like, okay, what is the thing? Because the whole thing with fake news, right? CNN and they. How do you feel about that? 
Fake Can news. I ask you a few questions now? Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, how do you feel about that as far as like the, the new stuff being from outside and then coming here? Like, do you feel like the news is skewed? I mean, the news has always been skewed. I agree with that. Um, I, agree with that. I, I have been in, in Nigeria, I've been part of, I've experienced things that came out in the papers, literally, I experienced stuff that came out in the papers and I saw a different story. I'm yeah. like, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly what happened. This is not what it is. So, um, I think it's been there, you know, and I think that's one of the things that social media does yep. uh, to give people to power, the power to actually broadcast what exactly happened. Because from the time of newspapers and during cable and all the stuff, like the early, some early videos in CNN were doctored, that, that's for yeah. sure. They're one narrative. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched a couple of stuff, but you know, hey. You know, I guess uh, some people say it's a game. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what you're doing and what I'm trying to do is like that's what people have the opportunity to like just put it out there. Exactly. Regardless of like, I'm not going to make a bunch of money because I made the story look like this. Exactly. I'm just telling people what's going on. Um, but yet, from the outside perspective, I, and I was just wondering how you see American culture and how you see people being upset. And maybe I think a lot of people. But but do people really want to know what's going on? Exactly. No, they don't. Because I don't know Snowden and uh, Julian Assange yeah. and all those guys. Like they try to tell you, but it just goes to show. Here. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show. And I was talking to about this with um, a girl. I'm yeah. sorry, sorry to bring out of this conversation and I was like look I can't tell you exactly everything that happens like, you think I'm crazy yeah. but like no you should be able to share everything 100% I'm like if I tell you exactly every single thing that goes on in my life yeah. you think I'm crazy yeah absolutely exactly like, you're like no no like, if you trust me you should be able to share information so I gave her a scenario to say oh like if this happens maybe you, you, you went to the grocery store and maybe a girl looked at you and you allow her to get in front of you like, oh no, you can check yeah. out things first and you just smile at each other and you went. You didn't call her a number nothing, you never see each other again. Like, is that something I should bring up to you? I can tell you, yeah. oh, I met someone at the grocery store, but I should I tell you, like, I smiled at her, she smiled at me. Nah, making you think about stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what actually happened? So I'm leaving it out because it's better Meanwhile, both. there's nothing, you know, so I was trying to explain her is that sometimes you just try to protect. Just like having a kid, mm-hmm. and maybe you, you lose your job, and your kid is asking you what's wrong. You say, no, all is fine. You know, everything's cool. I'm on a vacation. Yeah. Maybe you want the kid to concentrate in school or whatever. Yeah. Or you're going through a divorce. And maybe in the initial stages, you're trying not to tell it to you guys figure out if the divorce is actually. But imagine telling the kid, oh, me and your mom are thinking about going through a divorce. And three months later, oh, no, we, we fixed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that sentiment 100%. It's just like, who do you think should be making the decision about what's left out? Mm. That's really where the problem is. Who should curate? Mm. Who's the one who's curating? Who's the one who's editing? And mm. it's it's usually not the people, probably not the people that we want to be editing. I mean, can there ever be consensus? Because everyone has yeah. their own opinion, right? About yeah. how things should be. Can, can, can there ever be consensus? It's like, okay, want to do this, we should vote and see, like, I don't know, but... I don't know, it's, it's there, and everyone exists inside their own bubble, right? 100%. Just like YouTube, the algorithms on YouTube, like, just gonna say based that. off what you want to hear. You can, yeah, I know that, like, because I tend to lean a certain way, all, most of my videos that pop up, like, or that I have to go out of my way to watch things on the other side just to keep myself, you know what I mean? Exactly. I don't want to be, I don't want to be. I mean, some, sometimes I deliberately follow people I know are, like, different parts of the world, and I, just because I want to, like, balance out the yeah. algorithm sometimes, so especially see. on Twitter. Like, once I see someone that's just, like, I follow that person, not because, like, I like him or I just want to be like, okay, so sometimes let me get information. I actively follow side. people I dislike. 
just to like watch it and be like, I hate this. But like, at least I'm seeing it. Like, I kind of watch it because I enjoy disliking them a little bit on some level. Um, but I, I honestly don't think most people are aware of it as you are, or if I, I've taken the time, you know what I mean? Most people don't take the time. They don't even know about the algorithm. Hey. They think they're right. They, they live in this. They don't understand. They don't have a worldview. It's, which again is why your podcast is so important what you're doing i mean it's our reality right yeah which is interesting because you know i've gotten to talk to people from different uh backgrounds and it's funny you said you want to go to ireland because the first place my podcast always listen to is dublin oh wow every time there's one person in dublin i don't know who that person is uh whenever i upload a podcast like first listen dublin like the, within the first few seconds i love it what's stuff. up dubs exactly i've been begging him or her to send an email but hey uh, maybe you can host scott in ireland sometimes yeah <laughs> i would love to go out there i used to date an irish girl she was from kremlin they'll know what that is never been kremlin was russia was that a place or, or like a venue or something yeah, kremlin's like a bad part of ireland i think like a little bit i think like in northern ireland gotcha. um, but I'm, I, the, Grem, the kremlin is like maybe i don't think it might be a jail in russia also or something like yeah, that. I know it's like a like a building or something yeah. in Russia. Um, How'd you get it to listen from Dublin? I don't know. I just put it out, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still fo- focusing on the content. So the marketing thing, I've just started to take it more seriously. Yeah. Before, I was just like, okay, you have to get it out, make sure it's consistent. But now I'm trying to like build a structure to the show, yeah. uh, make sure the marketing is consistent, yeah. um, open up more put the podcast on more platforms and hopefully, you know, sometime soon when I get a little money, I can upgrade my equipment so you can have better sound, you know, all yeah. that stuff. But I just think it's necessary to put it out there first. That's the most important thing. Just Same thing. To all just get just doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, thank you so much for coming, Scott. Um, do you want to like drop your social media handles or your podcast, uh, where you gotta be, <laughs> how much to book you? <laughs> $7,000 for five minutes. It's Gosh. worth it. Nice. That's like a, yeah, right. How much do you think? That's I like a six month rent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, re- I really just want to say thank you, man. Thank you for reaching out. I really, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy this conversation, man. I don't meet a lot of authentic people. I hate to say that, I'm not saying people aren't authentic, but I don't meet a lot of people that are self-aware or know what's going on or, or uh, really want to understand and, and meet other people. So I really enjoyed this. So thank you for that. Uh, Scott Ball Phantom is my Instagram. I have a podcast called What's Your Deal? What's Your Deal? Yeah. Which I, I still don't listen to. I apologize for that, but I will. <laughs> I'm just screaming at people, <laughs> talking over people. Um, that can be good. It's not bad. I, like I said, I, what I try to do is talk about uh, on my podcast. I, I, I try to have other comedians on or just myself. And I get into the anxieties and this and that. And I talk about what it's like to be a comedian, maybe knowing that you'll never be Andrew Schultz. Maybe you'll never be famous. Like, why are we actually doing it? What's it like to like tell your friends and like write jokes? And like the, the side of it that's not glamorous, I really enjoy talking about because I don't think people do. Um, so, yeah, I have that. But uh, Instagram is really where I, it's my bread and butter. So yeah, just got all stand up. No vine, yow mill, hot mill. They're more than welcome. Uh, my MySpace is. <laughs> oh, hey, I forgot to play Endgame. Um, so maybe we can do that real quick. Yeah, whatever you want. So, so I have this thing. I just started a few episodes ago called Endgame. Okay. And I don't think Disney can sue me, but. Uh... <laughs> That's a good way to start it. If you don't want to get sued, bring it up first. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not worth anything. So I said, you want to come take my mic. But Endgame is in dictionary, so I don't think it's copyright. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, it's just a game we play at the end of the podcast because yeah. uh, uh, the objective of the podcast is to like, talk to people from different backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, we do that over a casual conversation and hopefully um, listeners can pick one or two information here and there, but just to make it a little bit more deliberate at the end of the day, I ask you some questions uh, that maybe listeners listening from out of the country or whatever might not know, and in that way you'll get to the digest couple of information. Absolutely. So are you ready? Yes, sir. Start with an easy one. Uh, CK or Burr? CK. Really? Yeah. All through or recently? Uh, man, dude, it's it's a it's right there. I mean, they're right there for me. I just think that CK is is CK said. I, I mean, dude, they're right there. Gotcha. CK is just like I think CK is like a tick more than Burr as far as like being uncomfortable or saying like to me a little bit more self-deprecating. And I, I think I just identify with someone who doesn't like themselves. And Burr seems to like himself a little bit more. He's not. He doesn't do a lot of material that's like anti him. He knows he's angry. Yeah. CK does a lot of like, I eat ice cream and buffalo wings and like lay in bed and like you know what I mean. I'm sad and this and that. Yeah. And I really enjoy that because it feels honest to me. So that's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Another easy one. Uh, what's the nickname for New York? The Windy City. What? No. <laughs> I have a brother that lives in Chicago, so no. <laughs> Big Apple, dude. Oh, yeah. But how many cities have nicknames? Chicago is a windy city. I'm sure a lot of cities have uh, nicknames. Uh, what was DC? Chocolate City. Really? Racist. Yeah. Trump Town? <laughs> yeah, it was called Chocolate City before. Wait, are you serious? Yes, swear to God. Wow. Yeah, DC's OG nickname is, is Chocolate City. I'm actually not a big fan of DC anymore. I think it's I think it's losing its culture. I think yeah. it's a lot of ego and a lot of money and people don't really, you can't make eye contact with people on the street. They think you're crazy. It's called politics. Man, if you go anywhere in D.C., five seconds into the conversation, you're like, so what do you do? Yeah. That, I, yeah I'm, so I'm a consultant, you know. I'm a <laughs> That's the funny thing that you say that. I, I do a joke. I did a joke when I did L.A. And I said, you know what you guys hear that we don't have in D.C. Uh, is eye contact. And I said, like, when you meet someone in D.C., the first question they ask you is, what do you do? It shouldn't be the first question you ask somebody. I'm just not yeah, that. and and I and I meet whenever I meet. I interviewed someone called Natalie a few episodes ago, and she moved from the West Coast to DC for school, though. But still, I'm like, who moves from West to East? Yeah. You see people moving from East to West, but anyways. Yeah, Chocolate City is the OG DC nickname. Uh, New York, uh, Big Apple. The Big Apple. Gotcha. Yes, and uh, since you're in the military, I'll just ask you a quick question about that. Uh, how many branches of the military are there? What four? I think it's three, actually. Air Force, Navy, Army, Coast Guard. Is the Coast Guard? So, here's the well, thing. Well, we don't think they are, but they think they are, so I'm trying to be nice. So, here's the thing. They dress like janitors. I, I always confuse. So, like, the three branches of the Army, like, globally, are, like, Army, Air Force, and Navy. Yeah. But the U.S. has all these things, like, the Marines, the Secret Service, the Coast Guard. Where yeah. does all that fit? Are those other agencies part of the three branches, or they are branches on their own? Yes, the Secret Service kind of falls into, like, a private type thing. They're generally, like, because um, I tried to join the Marines first. I think a lot of Secret Service guys are Marines, but I think they're private, even though you can get Secret Service duty as a Marine. But anyway, there's Army, Air Force, and then Navy, right? The Marines technically fall under the Navy. Gotcha. So they're technically under the Navy, and the Coast Guard's a separate entity. And they do 
even though they kind of like they get joked on, like they just hang around on boats and do immigration stuff. Um, yeah. They do a lot of like rescue missions. I mean, that's during like I can guess that's during like peacetime, right? They don't have a lot to do during peacetime, but during yeah, wartime, like, well, rescue missions. They do a lot of like people get lost, the ship starts yeah. sinking. They're the ones who show up in like a helicopter. Yeah, and, like, was it Kevin Costner that. that did the movie? Yeah, with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, that yeah, was it. That was the Coast Guard. Yeah, absolutely. We don't. They don't. They get less respect than they, they should. And we teased them. When I was in the army, obviously, we teased them. And we got teased by the Marines. Was it the same training, like basic training everyone goes through, or everyone has yeah. a separate training? <laughs> That's kind of where the teasing comes from. Uh, I had a buddy that was in the Air Force, and they used to go for jobs. And so you run in formation. So you run, like, in, like, there's, like, five, like, a row of, like, a four-by-five, right? Okay. So four people like this, five people like that. And every, you hold a, they used to hold a tarp, like, if it would rain, so they wouldn't get rained on. And I remember when I was in the army, dude, we'd go out in the snow, like you run a 15 mile straight. Like mm -hmm. I was one of the last, uh, the last like boot camps where you could get hit. They don't do that anymore. They don't like verbally abuse you anymore. I went to like one of the last all male boot camps and stuff. Um, Wait, boot camps are mixed? basic training. Really? Yeah, they're mixed now. Interesting. It was just, I don't know, man. I I, I felt like uh, I got better training uh, because of that. Um, but yeah, generally the Air Force, like they do, they do exercise on like bikes. Like they literally have like speed bikes and we used to just go like run in our boots till we had blisters on top of our blisters. So gotcha. that's where the teasing comes from a little bit. Gotcha. But the Navy guys, and the Navy guys have to do a thing where they get in a pool of like, I think it's like 30 degree water and they have to like yeah. drink water for 30 minutes. So it's just different. So I guess it's a specialty, right? So army, you guys are on the ground mostly. So you have to run on the Navy guys and the water. Exactly. And the Air Force guys are on bikes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the, joke, the joke for the Air Force is they call it the Chair Force. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for coming, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, I can come on your podcast also. We'll get to chop it up. I'll take you to eat some Nigerian food in uh, Maryland. Oh, I love that. Try some jollof rice. Your mind will be blown oh, away. I, I would love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll, text, I'll text you all those comedians, uh, foreign comedians, Please. and I'll text you the words jollof rice. Yeah, <laughs> just, I like that. Just do some overeats for some jollof rice. I will. I'll do it today. Anyway, fine, that should be your ritual before you go on stage. Oh, well, I'll do it now. That's Michael Blackson's secret. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not eating no fish eyes, but I'm <laughs> No, it's not fish eyes. Usually, I know that he likes fish eyes. But yes, he does, right? I think I've seen him eat that also, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we eat, like, um, the fish head, so I guess that's where he got to discover fish eyes, I guess. He does it, too, to irritate people. Just yeah, he, he does knows, he knows it's stuff. different. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff to irritate people. Dude, thank you so I had so much fun, man. It's great. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Follow us on social media. It's Culture Class Podcast everywhere, uh, except Twitter. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. Uh, if you're the dude or lady that listens from Dublin, please shoot me an email. Everyone else, feel free to shoot me an email. Follow Scott Hall Stand Up on Instagram. Uh, watch, uh, listen to Watch Your Deal, the podcast, and watch his one episode on YouTube so far. <laughs> There'll be more. But thanks. Gotcha. All right, guys. Have a great day. Take care.